Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. John chapter 12. We're going to start with verse 20. Now, what happened in John chapter 12 is not too long after the Palm Sunday triumphant entrance. It's before the Feast of Passover. Everybody's gathering in Jerusalem for this Passover feast. And John chapter 12, verse 20, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. If you want to follow along with me on notes, they're available in the YouVersion Bible app under the event section. You can find it under Faith Christian Center. Now, this request to us doesn't seem big. We want to see Jesus. But remember up until this time that most of the followers of Jesus were Jews outside of the centurions and the proselytes who already lived in the land of Israel. But now these Greeks, these Gentiles, they come to Philip and say, we want to see Jesus. And notice Jesus' response. To me, it's very interesting. He says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Notice this interesting response. Because we've been looking at this in our series, we're taking the series today, No Longer Mere Mortals. That a seed always produces after its own kind, right? If you plant an apple seed, you can get an apple tree, right? If you plant an apple seed, you're not going to get an orange tree. You're not going to get a pear tree. You're going to get an apple tree, correct? Notice what Jesus called himself here, a seed. One translation, a kernel, and in this translation, a grain. If a seed always produces after its own kind, and we know that the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus has offered us this new life as believers, the life that Jesus came to give us is the same life he had. Right? Don't get religious on me like that. Y'all got quiet on this point. Y'all can say amen to an apple tree, but when I call Jesus the seed, y'all got real quiet. So could it be possible that in 2022, we are living far below what Jesus died for us for? Could it be possible in 2022, we're living far below what God raised Jesus to give us? Because if a seed always produces after its own kind, and Jesus called himself a seed, prophesying of his death, of his burial and resurrection. Could we be living far below what Jesus came to give us? Have we settled for life when Jesus came to give us a higher life? We looked at it earlier in this series, about a month and a half ago, what it says in 1 Peter that we were born again from the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And so the thing is, one person wasn't born again at a low level, another on a high level. We all came from the same seed. At one point or another, we heard the word preached to us, and we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he died. We believe that God raised him from the dead, and we were born again. We are transformed forever. We were given this open door to a new way of living. But have we substituted it for the life of the world? See, Jesus went on and says, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it and said that some had said it thundered. Others said an angel spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now, what's something so interesting to me about this passage was God spoke from heaven, right? But some people said it thundered. Because just because God speaks doesn't mean you hear it. What is your spiritual perception today? Others who were closer to Jesus said, you know, an angel talked to him. They had some spiritual perception. But those who were walking with Jesus, living after him, knew the Father spoke from heaven. See, we know that one word from God can change your life. We know it's almost a Christian cliche. But if you don't do something with that word, it'll just be thunder. You'll go home and say, oh, didn't we have church today? Oh, church was good. It'll just be thunder. See, Mark chapter 4 talks about people who receive the word. It's a whole bunch of categories who get nothing from the word that remains. But then that last category, some get 30 times, some get 60 times, some get 100. It's not everybody. And it's not on the quality of the word or the quality of the seed. It's about what does the people do who receive it. What will you do today? And outside of today, what will you do every day? Because it'd be great if it was just determined on Sunday. It would be great if it was just determined on Easter Sunday, because if that was the case, if it was determined on Easter Sunday, we'd have billions of triumphant lives on this planet. But it's about what do you do after you leave these doors? Because Jesus goes on in John 12 and refers to himself as the light of this world, and he came to expose the darkness. But then he goes on at the end of this chapter and says, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save it. There is something that judges the, word. He's, the world. He says, it's my words. And he says, if people reject me, at the end, my word will judge them. And we know from 1 Peter, we are born again from the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Say the word. So if we were born again by the word, that means we should live by the word. How can he be born again from something and leave it alone? You heard the word preached. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You believe the word. It transforms you. That doesn't mean you leave the word for the rest of your life. That means you cling to that thing for the rest of your life. Because it was the word that transformed you. You don't just grab the word when you get saved and live by another philosophy all your days. It's the word. And see, Jesus said that interesting phrase, if you love your life, you lose it. But he's not talking, and then he says, if you hate your life, you'll keep it. He's not saying hate the life that you have. That's not what he's talking about. Because the phrase says, if you hate your life in this world. Do you love your life in this world? I'm not talking about this planet. I'm talking about the world's way of doing things. Do you love your life living like the world? See, it says it in the Phillips translation a little bit differently. 
It says, Jesus told them, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you truly that unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains a single grain of wheat. But if it does, it brings a good harvest. The man who loves his own life will destroy it, and the man who hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. If a man wants to enter my service, he must follow my way. And where I am, my servant will also be. And my Father will honor every man who enters my service. The message version says it this way. Listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and produces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Do you love your life the way that it is? Do you love your life in this world? Do you love living like the world? Because if you do, and you hold on to that way of living, you'll be robbed of the life Jesus has for you. You settle for religion. You settle for a religious experience every once in a while. And you live a lower life when Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When what Jesus did has enabled you to live the supernatural, superhuman, overcoming, triumphant, champion type of life, but you'll just settle for life because you love living like the world. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. You see, in order to live the superhuman life, to live no longer as a mere mortal, you have to let some things go. You can't hold on to your old way of living. So you have to let it go. Ooh, y'all preach more about apple trees and so I said you gotta let it go. <laughs> See, I've been in ministry long enough to when it gets quiet, you know you got them. <laughs> and you online don't think that you escape. No, nope, I'm watching y'all too. This is not the time to flip to another stream. Y'all stay right here. Galatians 5, verse 22, the New Living Translation says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Romans chapter 8, 11 through 14, the New Living Translation says it this way. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Here's the issue. We live in a culture that affirms what God told us to crucify. We live in a culture that affirms what God told us to crucify. The word affirm simply means to validate. We live in a world that wants to validate sinful lifestyles. 
to validate your sin. If you look hard enough, whatever your favorite sin is, your pet sin, you will find somebody to agree with you. You'll find someone to make an excuse for it. Or say, well, it's 2022. God really didn't mean what he said. See, if you look for validation of a sinful lifestyle, you will find it. But stop trying to validate what God told you to crucify. Because if you keep validating a sinful lifestyle, you will not walk in what God has for you. You will not walk in a superhuman, supernatural, overcoming life. You'll settle for life. And you'll, even though you're born again, you'll be experiencing life just like the rest of the world. You're in the world, but you're not supposed to be of the world. There are too many Christians, when God has called us to be Superman, walk around like Clark Kent. There's too many Christians walk around like Peter Parker when he's really Spider-Man. You have abilities. You have powers. But with great power comes great responsibility. How many Christians have shirked that responsibility and living like they have no power? Just letting life happen to them when they're supposed to happen to life. All because they want to affirm sin. Now, I'm not talking about other people's sin. I'm not talking about your neighbor, your spouse, your children, your parents. I'm talking about you. What is you doing? You see, we have to be people who actually do what the Bible says. When we sin, when we make mistakes, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what do you do when you sin? You call it wrong, not make an excuse for it. Not say, oh, it's just my problem. Or, you know, God understands. No, call it wrong. Now, I'm not saying post on social media. I just said, stop. You don't have to put everything on social media. Leave some mystery in your life. But before God, call it wrong. God, I messed up. That's wrong. I asked for you to forgive me, and I asked that you help me to live different. Call it wrong. Don't affirm it. Don't look for somebody to affirm your lifestyle. No, call it wrong. And ask for God to help you. Because, look, even the Bible says sin is fun for a little bit. You know it's wrong, but you kind of like, well, if being wrong feels this good, I kind of want to be wrong a little bit longer. Don't look at me with that holy face. You know what I'm saying is true. (laughs) So what do you do? So, sir, that is wrong. Help my want to. Be honest with God. You don't come to the presence of God. So many of you come to the presence of God wearing a mask. I'm not talking about a mask that protects you from COVID-19, 2021, and every variant and all the other stuff. I'm not talking about that mask. I'm talking about your fake mask before God. Not just the ones you wear to church, but the one you wear when you go pray. Oh, our Father art in heaven. You barely know what those words mean. You don't talk in King James. But you come before God acting like he don't know you. So, see, some people think going into the presence of God being fake is faith. It's not. Going into the presence of God, being who you are, approaching God as you are, and knowing that when I leave his presence, I won't be the same, that's faith. Go on to the presence of God says, God, I really want to do wrong. Yeah, I really want to keep doing wrong, but I need your help. I can't do this by myself. God, I need you to forgive me. I need you to help my want to. I lay hold to your strength right now because I want to live right. I can't do it by my ability, but because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, I can live right in 2022. Help me.
That's faith. And that grabs onto the power of God and enables you to live different. I'm not calling you to behavior modification. I'm calling you to a higher way of living that's empowered by God himself. You can't do it by yourself. If you could, you would have done it already. You need the help of God. See, Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. Say, I'm accepted. Come on, say, I'm accepted. See, no matter how you come to God, he accepts you. But it says you are accepted in the beloved, which means he loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. He loves you too much to leave you the way you came to him. He loves you too much to leave you that way. So instead of affirming sin, say, God, this is what I am, but I need your help. I need your power to change me. I need your word to change me. I know you'll do it because you love me. So that means every command, every correction, every time God steps on your toes, every time he convicts you, every time he contradicts you, every time he tells you wrong, it's because he loves you. It flows from his love for you. And notice, I said, call what you did wrong, not you wrong. See, some people, you know, we call them ditch hoppers. One side affirms sin, and the other one side calls himself a sinner. If you are born again, you are not a sinner. The scripture says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why you can come to God and ask him to forgive you because righteousness gives you standing before the throne of God. That you can march in whenever you want to and say, God, here's what I want to talk about. You have standing. You do not identify as a sinner. You identify as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even when you just sin, you come to God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I ask that you forgive me for what I just did. You are not a sinner. You are the righteous. But if you keep thinking of yourself as a sinner and calling yourself a sinner, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sin. But when you begin to meditate on righteousness, when you begin to meditate who you are in Christ Jesus, you will live above. When you realize you are accepted in the beloved and God is working on you, you're not going to quit. You will keep going. We are all works in progress. Don't quit. Keep moving forward. Too many of us quit and affirm the sin. Too many of us quit and say, I just can't go forward. Don't you know about my past? Don't you know about my parents and my grandparents and their great-grandparents? Don't you know about society? Don't you know about the systematic problems I'm facing? Don't you know? Yes, we know all those things, but isn't it time for you to live above? You are not anybody's victim. You are a victor. What God has done in you through Christ Jesus and what he has put on you by the anointing of the Holy Ghost can overcome all systematic racism, all systematic injustice, every limitation, every label, everything hell has trying to do. If you grab on to who you are in Jesus, you will win. But in this process, you cannot affirm the sin. Can you let some things go today? Can you let go of some things that you used to affirm? Can you let go of some things that have labeled you and limited you? See, it reminds me of a meme that I saw. It's this little girl talking to Jesus, and Jesus asking her for, for this teddy bear. And she's saying, Jesus, but I love it so much. But she doesn't see behind Jesus' back is a gigantic teddy bear. 
that's way bigger than what she's holding on to. Could it be that you're limited to something because you're holding on to something God called you to let go of? That as soon as you let go of it, he can put something better in your hands. You have to let go of some things. See, Ephesians 4, 17, New Living Translation says, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles or those who do not know God do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. That means don't live the way you used to live, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. There are people who are born again, or they're believers, but they behave badly because they've never renewed their mind. So, well, Pastor, I grew up in the church. You can stay in the garage for a long time, but it doesn't make you a car. <laughs> if a believer never renews their mind or renovates their mind with the word of God, they will live below. They'll live like the rest of the world. That means you got to be in this book every day. Not just on Sunday, not just on Easter Sunday, every day. Remember, this word changed your life. That's how you got born again. That means you need to cling to it every single day. That means you need to read it every single day. That's how you renew your mind. Because the word shows you the higher way to live. But if you don't stick to the word of God, you will settle for a substitute that will bring you down. The book of Isaiah says, God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. How do you think the higher thoughts? How do you live the higher ways? You follow what God has put in his book and you apply it to your life. That when you read it every single day, when it contradicts you, you just say, well, yep, it did contradict me. When it convicts you, yep, I am wrong. Oh, ooh, I really don't want to do that, but sir, yes, sir, that is my order for the day. Sir, help my want to. You see, the word of God will enable you to live above you following the leading of the Spirit of God every single day will help you to live above. Because see, the Holy Spirit doesn't just talk to you about deep spiritual things. And the way some of you miss him because he talks in a way that you understand. He talks in a way that's so still and small to your heart, in a way that you can get it. And he'll talk to you about a lot of stuff, like, shut up. Don't open your mouth. Well, I just want to give him a piece of my mind. Nope, stop that. I just want to tell him about myself. Nope, shh. We miss that shh a lot. He'll tell us about don't go there. Don't turn that on. You don't need that last piece of pie tonight. It's too late. <laughs> He'll talk to you about a lot of stuff if you listen. And if you make a habit of listening, you'll live above. He'll talk to you about everything. But you have to listen. He's not the person that comes down and grabs you and shakes you. It's a gentle voice on the inside. So gentle that any child can hear it. So gentle any teenager can hear it. So gentle any adult can hear it. He's talking to everybody, but will you pause to listen and have better spiritual perception than those in the crowd who said it thundered? Let's go to John 15. We'll close here. John 15. Let's look at verse 1. I 
the true vine, Jesus said. My father is the husbandman, the gardener. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. That's a gardening term, means he lifts it up closer to the sun and pairs it with a producing branch. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And see, the thing is, people get nervous about that verse because they've heard a lot of religion. It's like, oh, if I'm bearing fruit, God's going to purge me. And he does purge those who bear fruit, but he doesn't purge you with sickness and disease. Because think about it, religious people believe that, but in your common sense, you do not believe that. Because if you believe that God gave you sickness and disease to teach you something and to purge you, that means every time you go to the doctor, every time you go to the hospital, it's a spiritual violation. You do not believe that. You got way more common sense than that. Because if you really believe this, you would stop believing hospitals are places of mercy and you call them places of ill repute. You don't believe that. God does not give you sickness and disease to teach you something. He called himself Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you and takes sickness away from the mystery of you. He said, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. He said that he forgives all of your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He's not going to curse you or make you broke to teach you something. He is your shepherd, therefore you shall not lack. He's not going to rob you of mental health to teach you something because he is your peace. He will purge you, but not through the tools of hell. He will purge you, but not through the tools of the curse. Well, how does he purge you? Verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. That same word for clean there is the same word for purge. God purges you with the word. So if he wants you to produce more fruit, he gives you more word. If he wants to take you to a higher level, he gives you more word. If he wants you to take you to another level, and go higher and higher and higher, more word, more word, more word, more word. Because it's the word that transformed you. It's the word that caused you to be born again. And as you hold on to that word, you'll keep living this supernatural, superhuman life. Because the word will teach you things you need to let go of that you didn't know you needed to let go of. The word will clean you up with stuff you didn't know you need to be clean from. And that's okay. You just can't stay there. The word will help you grow. It is a process. It is a journey. It is an adventure. It's not just a one-time decision. It starts with a one-time decision. But it keeps going after that. You have to keep living the word. Anyone helps you live the word? Being in a community that helps you live the word. People who can hold you accountable. People who know you. Not just the mask you, but you. People who you can talk to who won't affirm the sin, but encourage you to live right. Not those who judge you and leave you by the wayside, but say, yeah, you messed up. Let's get back to living right. It takes a faith community to do that. To walk out the path that God has for you. So you have a decision to make today and every day. Will you experience the life God has for you? Or will you affirm the sin that you cling to? Will you validate what God has called you to crucify? Will you give up what he's told you to give up so that you can embrace the life he has for you? Because Jesus said, I came that they might have life, enjoy life, and have it to it overflows. Will you shun life in this world 
to love the life that Jesus has for you. Because I'm telling you, whatever you give up for Jesus, what he gives you is far beyond what you can imagine. As that old saying goes, you can't be God-given, no matter how hard you try. So whatever you give up for his sake, he gives you way more back. Jesus told his apostles and his disciples this. He says, no one has given up houses and lands and friends and gives on a list and a list of this for my sake, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time and in the world to come eternal life. What you give up for Jesus produces in this life and the next one. So why hold on? to that thing any longer that he's telling you to let go of? Why hold on when he has something so much better for you? Stand to your feet. On this Resurrection Sunday, it's time to crucify some old ways so we can embrace the resurrection life God has for us. He has more for you today. And so we don't miss this moment. I want you to pause in his presence. Bow your head, close your eyes. Let him speak to you. Minister Dathan, come forward. What is he telling you to let go of? What is he telling you that you need to stop doing? Remember, anything he tells you to let go of, anything he tells you to stop doing is because he loves you. Don't leave this place clinging to an old way of living. Leave this place walking in the newness of life. And as Minister Dathan sings just for a few seconds, make that commitment to God. And Pastor Kurt will help you take it from there as he leads people to Jesus, helps me rededicate their lives here in this room and online. I'm gonna go and share with your family in Marietta, but some of you need to make some decisions right now. Don't leave this place without making that decision. He loves you so much. He loves you. And I know as some of you let go of some things right now, that healing power that's in this room will minister healing to your bodies and minister healing to your souls. No one's going to have to touch you. You just leave this place feeling different. Minister healing to your mind and to your emotions. You'll receive God ideas, concepts, and insights. See, he's telling you to let things go so that you can walk into the call he has for you. Because your calling is an extension of the ministry of Jesus. And we'll talk more about that in the month of May and how you can invest in your calling. It's time to go into your future, but you can't go if you keep holding on to your past. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, he is jealous for me. Love like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of the illusions eclipsed by glory. Beautiful you are and how great your affections are. But 
me and oh how he loves us so oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.